Mark, what's going on, man? Hey, Jeremy, morning, buddy. How you doing? Good, good. How are you today, sir? I am fantastic. Well, early in the West Coast, it's almost 7 a.m., so talk to me after, wait for the coffee to kick in, but so far, so good. Woke up at the right side of the bed, and now we're here on our 2.0 podcast. Yes, yes. This this one is extra exciting for me personally. Not only is this the second time having you on the podcast, this is actually episode number 25 for us. Right on. That's actually why we wanted to bring you back on, though. You were our most, by download, podcast guest. So we wanted to bring you back on, see some of the incredible things that you're doing, and see what's coming on next for you. Wow. Amazing. Well, thank you. Glad to glad to be here. <laughs> yes, quite a popular topic, I'd say. So, Mark, the first time we had you on, you shared some incredible stories, and one of them actually changed the way that I look at investing. For those who didn't actually listen to your podcast here yet, who are you and how did you get started in real estate? Okay, this is where I put the elevator pitch. Hey, guys, my name is Mark. Of people you who don't know me, I am also known as the Pokemon Investor. And most of my portfolios are Airbnbs, which I consider my Pokemons. So I capture these Pokemons and I evolve them just like the game. So you evolve this real estate to their highest income potential, which are short-term rentals, and then collect them all and meet other Pokemon trainers, similarly as you would with the Pokemon game. And then throughout that game or the Pokemon real estate game, you will earn badges as a as a recognition and affirmation that you're doing good. And part of my badge in the short-term rental space is I'm recognized as the Airbnb leader in Vancouver Island, where I manage 480 Pokemon trainers or Airbnb hosts and building that community. So that's me in the nutshell. I'm always passionate to talk about short-term rental, Airbnb, Verbo, Booking.com, midterm rental, and corporate rental. So that's me. Well, as long as that's all, I mean. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's awesome. So what kind of things have you been up to since we last had you on the podcast? Okay. When when did we, when did we have our, our podcast? I can't remember now. Is it November? I think we actually released it in about August. You were just about to get possession of a 32 unit in Fort McMurray. Okay. Wow. Has it been that long? Okay. August. Wow. Okay. So correct. So I... We put an offer September. Yeah, we took possession end of August and, or no, put an offer end of August, early September for a 32 unit in Northern Alberta. It's a multifamily building that it's like a big mega Pokemon that we are taking on leveling up in our game. And we're turning it into a multifamily short-term rental, fully automated, and which is new in Canada, a new concept, which I'm pretty excited. So I'm happy to say that we did acquire the building in December, officially signed up December 8th, we did creative financing. So we didn't use any of our own money and we're able to get vendor take back and seller financing in a very challenging, tricky world and brought some shareholders and some friends over to help us invest and everyone's a win-win. So that was for December. I also joined a masterclass in the US because I can't find any but anything in you in Canada for multifamily short-term rental because, you know, you have to invest in your knowledge. So I hired a coach and a community where I belong. And it's all about multifamily short-term rental and boutique hotel, which is a very neat niche in the States and hoping to take that knowledge over to Canada and surrounding myself with the people that will help me accountable and then brainstorm. And, you know, when you hang out, 
if you want to be like an eagle, you you don't want to hang out with chickens. So you're surrounding your people with the uh, with the same mindset as you. So I guess that's it. And today, up to this day, oh, we're also expanding our virtual assistant services because we know in the short-term rental space that it's a very demanding and time-consuming. So definitely, and you you want to be more like freedom of your time so you won't spend time in the business but on the business to scale up right so we're expanding our virtual assistants we're also expanding our digital bookkeeping because my business partner is an accountant herself and she realized that there is a need for better bookkeeping and having it digital or remote because you know if if you can do it in a computer virtual assistants can do it for a fraction of a cost and knowing as investors we we're all about cutting expenses and it's increasing the income. So that's in a great approach and spread. At the same time, we're also doing, yeah, so seven services in a virtual assistant, wholesaling, deal analysis, guest communication, short-term rental management, and we're also training the long-term pro property management and digital bookkeeping. And then there's the marketing side, digital marketing, social media managers, social media marketing, and all the jazz, SEO, algorithms, Google Analytics. So yeah, I'm happy to talk more if you guys want to know more about that services. Otherwise, that's a deep dive of what I've been up to. It sounds like quite a things that quite a few things that I want to unpack down there. Okay. One one of the first things I do want to hop into here though is going to be the you've mentioned automated short-term rentals. What what is that and how are you guys going about that? Cool. Okay. So for anyone who's not quite familiar or familiar with the short-term rental space, especially being like the prototype of short-term rental is Airbnb. Like people will ask, oh, what, what's your portfolio? Like, oh, it's short-term rental. What is a short-term rental? Oh, it's an Airbnb. Oh, it's an Airbnb. Okay. You know, like it's the Kleenex. So as you guys know, in Airbnb, it's all about algorithm. If you heard the term super host, so it's a badge in your Pokemon journey that you will only get a, if you, a, if you respond to the guest, your response rate is in less than an hour. So if you don't respond in like more than an hour, then you lose that status, you, your ranking will go down. It's all about algorithm. So they incentivize you for being active host and being like engaged. You are also get bookings for 10 and you're not rejecting any, you always keep right, you know, you don't keep left. Oh, that's Tinder, sorry, that's different. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then reviews, you go all about like five-star reviews. So that's how the metrics work. So one, one Airbnb is okay, but if you want to scale up, having 10 Airbnbs and managing that can be time consuming and you can split, you know, can you clone yourself? No, but here there is virtual assistance and automation, you know, because, you know, these are like repeat, you can see a pattern, you can put a system in and it's all about system and processes to automate the system. Also in the time where no one wants to work, and you can't rely on people, automation is the way to go. I mean, it's been, I think it's the, it's a direction of the industry. I mean, Tesla, autopilot, you know, planes, planes are in autopilot, you know, you've seen, yeah, more and more people are relying on like smart homes as well. And thermostats are smart, you, Alexa, Siri, you know, those are AI technology, voice command, garage opening, lights, all the jazz. So and this short-term rental is not far from it. So because it's really a very technologically driven industry. So, and so, yeah, so I think that's in a natural and automated short-term rental. Oh yeah. Let me share my experience with 
when I was in Texas in Austin last September, where I attended a short-term rental conference, I stayed in a 60-unit fully automated building. I was like, wow. So it's a two, three-day event hosted by Guesty. This is Guesty. Free plug for them. Free marketing for me. So it's an, there are, I think, two, 300 or 500 property managers that were in there, and they talked all about it. And when I was sitting next to a lady, it's like, okay, how many listings do you have? Oh, I'm, I'm managing 4,000 properties. Like, what? Like, that, that's half of Canada. But yeah, just like that. So, but yeah, automation system and processes is making it possible. Back to the building. So you use a QR code to get into the building. Again, technology. And the QR code is only activated on a certain check-in, check-out day. So you can't really go check in early. Once you're part of the building, you key in the keyless code, which is usually they generated for you, which is usually the four digit of your phone number to make sure that the same person that booked will have the same phone number. So it's a verification layer. And once you get in into your unit or to your room, there is a fob key, which lets you into the gym, into the swimming pool, and pretty much like a hotel. So you're cutting your expenses by no concierge, no human, because having them in a 24-hour is costly rather than being automated, right? And then increasing the expenses. And you guys know, in those of you who are in the multifamily space, and it's all about cutting your, I think in real estate business, really cutting your expenses and increasing your income, thereby increasing your spread and increasing the valuation. At the same time, in the Airbnb space, we are more about that. Well, I guess pandemic also expedited the process because you want to have less human interaction, social distancing, things like that. Part of me is like, well, it, it, it removes the human aspect to it, which Airbnb is, because you know it has connection. But at the same time, in the lens as a healthcare, previously healthcare professional myself, infection control and social distancing is, you know, as you guys know, is is one way to battle that pandemic. And at, at the same time, one of the their one of the pain points when let's say you go to a vacation destination, a one boatload of bus or shuttle bus from the airport went into the airport and line up, people will line up and then, you know, it really slowed down. And it can be, when you have kids that are really like, mom, can we go? Yeah, right. Like it can be frustrating. So trying to have that guest experience as smooth as possible through automation, because when they're there, they're ready to go and walk in like smooth process. It makes a ton of sense. And I know one of my podcast guests was actually talking about the, I'm going to call it the, the keypad there, where you put the last four digits, your phone number in. Um, from my understanding, they're starting to take that away in Canada. Are, are you still using those? Mm, the keypad entry? Yes. Yeah, because there are some older buildings. We're still behind, but I think that's the direction of the future. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Very there cool. is the birth of Wi-Fi enabled locks. So you can change your locks. Or your, you can, you're using your phone or your virtual assistant can change it. So, you know, when the guest is not behaving, you just change lock and say, like, okay, bye. That's pretty handy. That's something you can't do in long-term rentals. <laughs> I can tell you that. Right. Oh, I, I will add to that too. So on that trip, just a side note, which I think is relevant. I forgot my toiletries because I was in a hurry. So I'm like, okay, fortunately enough, there's a target next to it. So I went to the target. It's a medium-sized grocery store. I walk in. I don't see any people. It's a camera. I walk in there. I just pick a toothpaste, toiletries, you know, mouthwash, things like that, toothbrush. And then went into the counter, no staff. You just scan. It's just, there's camera. It's like an honor basis. And then you walk out. No human interaction. I was like, this is the future. That was my look. But yeah, I think it's like the same concept. We're in 
no yeah no human interaction i guess it's getting i think whole foods is at the same time and i think amazon store right so you know there's an amazon store where you just go walk in grab your stuff and go out have you seen that not yet mm-hmm. okay but yeah it's 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 getting there i mean in one way pandemic really changed the way we do things or maybe it's changing but it's just a catalyst it really expedited things but yeah less human interaction and i think it's the direction of the future i would happen to agree the less human interaction that we have first of all it actually speeds things up because now we're not waiting on other people so we can actually go about our daily lives and we're seeing over the last 10 years we've really seen that everything on demand system which is just i guess a method of business business just expedite so much faster it's kind of ridiculous when you stop and think about it but for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about if you order something on amazon you can have it in a couple hours potentially a couple days you can go on to like you can shop for groceries at home and you can have them in half an hour depending where you live like it's absolutely ridiculous so yeah very cool to hear that that's coming to real estate here now too totally now one of the other things that you did mention is marketing how are you guys kind of marketing? I, I know you're a Pokemon master. Yes, yes, branding, marketing. Okay, how would we, how would we analyze that? Okay, it's it's about awareness. You know, like how would people know that you have a product? So if you're in a real estate business and you have a rental, short-term rentals, or for an accommodation rental, then you just need to let people know that hey, I have a product that you probably you you are interested. So that's where marketing plays into. You know, the more people that you reach, the more you people get engaged, the more advertising you have, you know, email marketing, short text marketing, social media marketing, all those just, and that's the way to go to reach people. Yeah. So that's, that's the end. I'd say, yeah, that's my take on it. I think for us as well is to keep the repeated guest is to the marketing and retargeting, recapturing them. Again, let's go back to an Amazon analogy. So the, the wheel of marketing, which is AIDA, awareness, interest, decision, and action. So those are like the process and workflow. People will like, oh, this sounds nice, you know, add to cart. Oh, you know, I'll browse, which similar product, you know? So those are awareness and interest. Sure, they did like add to cart, but the sales doesn't, marketing and sales go hand in hand. So sales doesn't happen until they purchase that, right? So when there's the add to cart, so there's that gap and that's where you like target the people and like, okay, let's bring you to that call to action or to like purchase. So that's where marketing and sales go hand in hand. And, you know, in a business, you don't, as if they're still in the cart, you don't make money until they purchase that, you know? So same thing with the real Airbnb and short-term rental space. You've mentioned recapturing previous, I'm going to call them clients. How do you do that? Okay. Yes. So it's getting popular, the short-term rental, so it's getting saturated. I guess you guys seen in the news that, hey, that Super Bowl, lots of people are not getting bookings or the slowdown and the seasonality, right? So it's a highly competitive industry. So you have to be on top of your game. So part of it is the repeated guests. A for one, they already stayed at your property and they already gave you good reviews. So you just want to give like loyal customers and like, you know, because these are your great assets. You don't have to market again. It's easier to have repeated guests than to market to new ones. How do we do that? Well, one for one is there are technologies out there. Let's say, for example, in, in our short-term real estate, we have this Wi-Fi called StayFi. So what they do, 
you know, when you go into a, an airport and you have to sign into a Wi-Fi and you have to put your email and sign in and then agree to the terms and conditions. I know it's a hassle, but then also it's a liability issue. Like, hey, you know, you are consenting that we're going to give you some marketing emails, all that spam emails, all the jazz. But little did you know that once your email entered, it's in the pipeline. So if there are promotions, then you will be part of their newsletters and things like that. Or now translating that to the short-term rental space, once you log into the Wi-Fi of your Airbnb or your short-term rental, then it goes to a directory. And then as an owner with marketing mindset, I'd say you can target those clients or guests and say, hey, since you stayed, let's say you are run, let's say low season for winter because you, you are in a cottage or in a vacation property. Hey, if you if you and your family spend Christmas in our cabin, then you get a 15 or 20% discount. So in a way to boost your listing, or if you are opening another Airbnb or short-term rental in another location, hey, since you, you stayed in our location in Canmore, Alberta, now we are having a, a, a beachfront property in Vancouver Island you probably would like to check out, or we're soft launching since you are a previous guest we are incentivizing or we are giving you a 20% discount on top of that. You have a whale watching complimentary experience. So things like that, right? So in a way to entice them and these are like, they're already sold. You just need to like a little push. And if you expect people to go to you, then that's, it's a little bit less, it's risky. So it's like, how do I look at? So it's like fishing. You can put your bait and watch people to come to you or, if you know that they are these are your guests that you're looking or you're looking for a salmon or, or a specific fish, you go to the supermarket and put and go there and target, like be intentional with it. So I think that would be my analogy for it. So you're using them mostly in order to basically expand and put out new properties. Is that correct? Uh, that's one. You're in like in the hotel industry. When you have low occupancy, it's a way to, to increase your, your bookings, to increase your occupancy, even though you lower your rate. But then you have more bookings, so it's 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 like a dangling decision for you. Would you rather have high, we call it ADR, average daily rate, than low occupancy, or you can lower your rate but higher occupancy? You know, and we call it in the industry rev par in anywhere in the hotel industry. I think this very similar industry that that I can compare this is the airline and hotel. You know, airlines usually drop their prices just to get if there's like. Yeah. Can you imagine flying a plane and there's only like two in the there? So they're really losing money. So they will lower the price to get people more to, to fly. Yeah. Because they're looking at that gross revenue, the total amount that they're bringing in. Yes. That, make, that makes tons of sense. I've heard some absolutely incredible things. I was actually at one of the Edmonton area Airbnb meetups here a little while ago. And just some of the ways that some of the hosts are thinking about driving that gross revenue is very interesting. So mm. Yeah, I think I've seen you there. One of my, I think it's run by my one of my Airbnb friend leader, Carlos. Yes. And, yeah, no, my classmate in the mastermind, Carolina, the so CNC. Carolina, I don't. Carolina, Mar- Caroline Martin. No French accent. No, I would introduce you to her. Sounds good. I, I look forward to it. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's so many interesting community leaders over here. I have yet to even venture over to Vancouver Island, where I, I think you said you had 480 hosts out there mm-hmm. so and we are i think number seven or number eight the top markets of course are the biggest like toronto uh, vancouver 
And I think Nova Scotia in the area because they group Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and PEI together. Ah, uh, okay, mm. that makes sense. <laughs> I know. I was like, Nova Scotia, there's no one in Nova Scotia. Yeah, Nova Scotia, all the Atlantic provinces grouped together. That's right. I guess that kind of makes sense. I've heard that some people are actually using social media influencers in order to grab more traction. Have yeah. you heard of anything like that? Yeah. Yes, I did. When I, speaking to that, the same conference, so Airbnb is a diamond sponsor on that short-term rental conference. And one first speaker was there, there was a neuro psych, psychologist that, that, that they studied the human behavior and how they, the consumer lifestyle, right? And they're focusing on, what are millennial Gen X? Gen Z. So I think Gen Z, like our 20s. Gen X. Gen, yeah. Millennials are Gen X, right? We are yeah, Gen they're up to, up to 40s. And then Gen Z is 20 and younger, basically. Okay. So they're focusing now on Gen Z. So I feel like, oh, I feel old now. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you're right. I know. <laughs> yeah, so they're, they are, they're focusing because these are like the direction of the future. Gone are the days when millennials are the biggest consumers, the avocado toads and the craft beer. And people are like focusing on how millennials do things. Because I remember before, like how to attract millennials in the real estate, what are their patterns of renting? And and I know millennials doesn't want to purchase property. So it's good for like rental because they, they like to travel. So which is great for the short-term rental space because they just want a little bit of space, furnish, and then go travel. Now, Gen Z's on the other hand are kind of different. Social media influencers, because these are the birth, like these Gen Z's, they are born with it. They're born with social media. They're, I don't know, I'm picturing a visual, like they're born with a phone. But yeah, no, they're like Wi-Fi. They're very technological. <laughs> they're, talk, they're, they're talking technologically driven. And yes, yeah, social media is their thing, right? So the birth of social media influencers, data analysts, TikTok dancers. I mean, I think they said TikTok is the best platform now. As like back in the day, it's only like, yeah. To the point that even like biggest, bigger organization in the industry, like Air Canada uses social media influencers, you know, because they're more like reach, the more people will like, even fashion people. Yeah, Reels, TikTok, Amazon demo, like, hey, find out this Amazon hack that I found. Like people were like, oh, wow. Right. And they tend to more and it and I believe that's the direction again, direction of the future and the marketing. And it's all backed up by statistics and research. So the more you can influence people, the more people you can convert from interest to add to cart to purchase, then the more the more organizations will will invest in you. So you're like the market, you know. Garner the dates like are the brand ambassadors where you know only the stars are promoting a certain brand. Yeah. So Translating that to the short-term rental space, they are inviting social media influencers to stay at your property and highlight that for free stays or adding them into Reels or the Instagram. And because they know, they, they, they know how to capture this market. It might not capture the boomers or the older population, but the more bulk, you focus more on the bigger, bigger consumer. So uh, around that circle and sphere. That makes tons of sense. And I... I'm I'm gonna sound terrible here for a second. I don't see many of the baby boomers coming out and staying in short-term rentals. You'd be for, surprised. You'd be I, surprised. I would be. Yeah. Have you You'd seen many? Sur- mm-hmm. I was talking to a buddy of mine called Steve in Ottawa. He coined this term bunking.com and it's a startup, but like really spirit exploded. He they already have an app. So the story is they are in Tofino, to be funny enough, Vancouver Island. They have a his kids, his boomer. 
Steve, hi Steve. The kids have a hard time getting a place. So what they did is they rent a big house and start like bunking and then having people over and to like split the cost. So in the in the Airbnb space, it's called sharing, 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 co, co, coexisting, cohabiting, co co-working, you know, like sharing spaces, sharing economy. And it's a get it, it's being a thing. So they come up like, hey, what if we get an app where people will go for experience and then like a Tinder for experience? Okay, there you will submit your ID, you'll be vetted, their security. And like, hey, let's say a skiing in Whistler for eight people. And then so they go together and pull that and then they go find a place and then bunk together to split the cost, but have the experience. And it's, yeah, so like, okay. He said it's getting very popular in the UK, in, in Europe, not as much as, the, you know, the, the, I think the, 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 the closest I can relate to it is couch surfing. Have you heard of couch surfing? Yeah. So before it was free, but now I think they remove it. And also with the pandemic, the, the industry shut down, but then they're relieving it and make it like glorified or in a way like modern hosteling kind of thing when you're backpacking and travel and then you shared it with you gain friends that you are you swipe right and you, there's commonality on it and then you gain experience so i think that's a it's a great business model and you said he said boomers or or like older people like 40 percent of that the clientele like i was surprised i would be i'm still shaken by that you look at the baby boomers and they were born basically between 45 and 55 just for or 62 technically but most of them were between 45 and 55 and that puts them i'm i'm gonna be really bad at math here but that puts them in their 80s yeah i don't see them traveling very often maybe to the hospital again (laughs) just sound terrible jokes only i really hope that they don't have to but i don't see them traveling outside their bounds maybe that's just because i don't see it very often but i think it's very interesting okay moving on before we upset somebody else that's right (laughs) last time we had you on the show you upset a lot of people in manitoba and we haven't had very many manitoba listeners ever since so you you actually have a property in manitoba i used to i still have yeah yeah hey guys yeah yeah i love winnipeg i miss the sun there but you know coming from bc i prefer bc more so but no offense to them but i still have my property there in winnipeg i enjoyed my time there it's a great great place to start uh, but yeah, it's just travel a lot. So when you're in the middle of the country, you have to go through Vancouver or Toronto. And that adds flight to me. I can't, you know, I really have to be near major airports as a traveler myself. Yeah. Calgary has a major airport. Throwing that out there. Are you trying to insinuate something? <laughs> yeah, we, we have lower lower taxes here in Alberta. So if you move here, you get to keep more of your money. Raise but... the Alberta flag. See what? That's why we bought a 32 unit in Alberta. Are you looking at any other properties currently? I know we're getting off track here. Uh, yeah, actually, but we're more in the States. So we are currently underwriting a 106 unit a multifamily building in Texas. And three days ago, it's fresh off the market. A deal landed to us, which is really dear to me because it's a combination of real estate and my background, which is nursing. So 125 units in South Carolina, which is a nursing home. So hmm. it's like healthcare facility, which is like five to 10x of cash flowing. And we have 45% VTB. So we will be applying there next week to underwrite this property and walk through. So that's, uh, yeah, stay tuned. I'll let you guys know how it works out. Yeah, it's very niche in the, 
in the industry because I haven't met any much healthcare people in the industry. So I tried asking who have gone to this asset because, you know, pro tip for all those of you people in the real estate journey, if, if you are have this bottleneck or you want to pick somebody's brain, find someone that have been doing it and then pick their brain and connect with them. And that's like a life hack or like a cheat, you know, in this, in this Pokemon real estate game. And yes, trust me, trust me on that one. Sounds good. We'll we'll put it up on YouTube saying trending life hacks. That's right. I will be a social media influencer. I almost think you are already all the Pokemon stuff you got going on. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. But then if you expose to people with like 10,000 views or 500,000 views and TikTok, you know, I'm only using Facebook. I'm not that like, you know, people like, Hey Mark, you should have a YouTube channel. I was like, that's a lot of work. But because you know, but also for me, if you take out the passion out of what you're doing, it you loses that need for it, right? Because you're like, oh, why? Why do you need a YouTube channel? Oh, you know, because you you can be incentivized for what you're doing and things like that. Which is actually, uh, if I'm talking to my the marketing side of things, which is ironic, but for me, it's also it's one thing to drive people into in the marketing side and the money, but at the same time, it's another thing to enjoy what you're doing, and that's where I'm like, you know, so I'm passionate about it. I enjoy this, so. And I think just the money will follow or it, or it just the natural progression or who not how find someone that's doing it. And then like, okay, you know, pay someone to do it. That's another. 100%. And if you don't have that passion, you're first of all, you're anybody viewing it can tell and you don't really want to do it and you start to hate your life. So please don't do that. Agree. Agree. So one of the things that you brought up here was the, well, who not how, which I want to get into in just a second here. But the ask me anything. What oh, is that? yeah. Okay. So lots of people are reaching out. They say, hey, Mark, because knowing that the short-term rental strategy in the real estate space is pretty new and not much people are doing it. So lots of people are reaching out like, hey, Mark, we'd love to learn more about it. Can you tell us anything about it? And part of me is like, okay, I'm, I'm not good at teaching. But one of my friends actually that stuck out to me is like, dude, when you're sharing what you're doing, that's actually teaching. I was like, okay. And one of my mentors told me that if you have something that the world can benefit and you're not sharing it, you are being selfish. You know, because that can change people's lives. So I'm like, okay. I felt like, okay. I feel like I, that's like one of my missions is to share value. So starting 2023, I said, okay, if I can inspire one people a day and I start sharing what I've learned, then that would be my goal for this year. So that being said, I started some communities. So for you guys who are listening and you want to know more about short-term rental, mid-term rental, corporate rental, we are building this community. We created this Facebook group called Canadian Short-Term Rental, Mid-Term Rental, and Corporate Rental Community. And with the hope that, you know, it's a, a community and platform where people can share their knowledge, throw in questions, and people will answer and help each other. At the same time, I collected the other trainers, collect them all, that are leader in the industry in the hope that they resonate with my vision and also help educate people and share their knowledge. And I said, I think there are eight people that are very excited to be in that in a platform. So I created them as an admin. And every Sunday, we call it Sunday chat or Sunday coffee. We just randomly started one day and then now we make it regular because we're getting lots of traction, lots of feedback. And people are like, thank you for generously sharing. your." And that's very fulfilling. So every Sunday, 8 a.m. PST, 9 a.m., and 11 a.m. EST. Our country is huge. How many time zones are? Okay, how many how many time zones do we have? 
in Canada? That's one of my citizenship questions. Oh, you're actually asking me? Yeah. So I believe it's seven. Ah, is that your final answer? Okay, so BC, Alberta, I, I don't know if you want to count Saskatchewan as their own because they're incredibly unique. Okay. Because they don't actually change times. So for anybody else out there, Saskatchewan doesn't change times. East Eastern time, at, I'm pretty sure Atlantic has their own. Newfoundland has their own at their silly half hour mark. That's all I can think of. Yeah. Six. Yeah, it's it's six. You're right. Okay. So there are six. Oh, so yeah. So yeah. Fun fact, because that's in my Canadian citizen. How many time zones are there in Canada? And the correct answer is six. You got to worry. Okay. Where am I now? Yeah. So every yeah. So every <laughs> every Sunday, eight in the morning, PST, and then you just change it accordingly. On that on that Facebook group, we do live stream, and it it will be replayed on that one. We change. We pick specific topics. So last, last week was me about like short-term rental, a basic overview about Pokemon and short-term rental space and the guest avatars, the challenges that you face in the short-term rental space. And then this coming Sunday will be arbitrage. You know, how can you scale up quickly? If you have less capital, how you can you get into the business? And the speed is the name of a game. How you can start arbitraging as, as quickly, as early as tomorrow. So if this is something that resonates with you and you're very interested, tune in to that to our Facebook group. We would love to have you there. We're actually going to be recording this ahead of time, so they're going to miss that arbitrage one, but I do hope okay. they get to watch some of the other ones. Okay, there we go. There you go. What's a guest avatar? Okay, so we call them the, the avatar, like a persona in the short-term rental space. Because, you know, the prototype, as I mentioned before, of a short-term rental space is Airbnb. And then part of it is it's all vacation rentals. But little did we know, or little did everyone know, there are so many guest avatars out there. As a healthcare, traveling healthcare professional and, and my background, I fit in into one of the guest avatars, which are the traveling medical people. So we travel within the hospital because there's always need and as a travel nurses are fillers you know if there is a we, co we cover for maternity leave vacation relief sick time or just understaffing I think for the most part each if you you know of anyone in the healthcare they will tell you that we're always understaffed so we need that actually that's how I ended in this country they said hey Mark we have a job for you we need your skills and we'll hire you so that's how I ended up in Canada so and that's back in 2010 yeah, so what we do is they will say, hey, we need coverage for two to three weeks. Who is available? So we go there. And part of it, when we travel to places, we need a place to stay. So that's the birth of a furnished accommodation around the hospital. So this is the guest hour, travel medical, also visiting doctor, you know, like highly specialized, like cardiologists or kidney specialists. They're very rare. So they go travel to expand their services. And when they travel, they need a place to stay. Sure, hotel is there. But they want near the hospital. So these guest avatar has the specifications that are pretty much to cater to their needs. We also have, let's say, life events, uh, weddings, family events. I think you did mention in our last conversation, people were going to go play, visit Edmonton to visit their in-laws and they need a place to stay. They don't want to stay with their in-laws or probably there's a small scrap space or whatever reason they want. Like, you know, we will just be nearby. And then we'll go together for dinner or, or lunch or things like that. So that's another avatar. If you are in a military base, if people wants to live nearby, visit their family outside the base because they cannot stay in the base. Or if, in, especially in the U.S., 
uh, military people have a budget that because they usually are stationed one or two years. And if they have the budget and they want to stay outside the base, then that's where space for that particular guest avatar. Another one is the film industry. You know, when they have to shoot for a movie or shootings or photo shoots, they usually rent your place for two to three months or even six months to finish that project. Another thing is if you're in a university town, then student rentals, you know, it's also like international students. They usually go here for a semester, four to six months. So they are not considered long-term because they only, we call it midterm rental space or even a short-term rental, then they need a specific, and these are for these are guest avatars that requires near the university. So among others. So those are um, some of the guest avatars I can think of. But if you want to know, enumerate more, feel free to reach out. We'd love to go through which avatars will work for you and how. And this is, is important because this is how you will evolve your Pokemon or your furniture or you furnish your Pokemon. Let's say, for example, you're catering to like for me myself medical professionals we need to be five to ten minutes near the hospital we don't want to drive if we have to go to work especially in a harsh winter and we are on call so we want to be as you know we're traveling for work so the, the closer we are to the workplace the better we also love our wine it's our healthcare juice you know we work 12 to 14 hours give us a bottle of wine and then netflix we will be good we're really netflix and chilling now on the other hand if you will be in a cottage or a family vacation would you put alcohol when the kids are there? Probably not, but you'll probably be more like bigger kitchen because people with family like to cook and they will be pet friendly. They will choose your property because, you know, you're always their competitor or probably not, but then usually it's hotels. So if they're traveling with family and they have a tiny kitchen, so for a family, it's really challenging to cook in a tiny kitchen in hotels and some, it's not built for family usually. So yeah, so that's like, I think how important a guest avatar towards the short-term rental space. Absolutely. And I would expand on that. It's not just short-term rentals. Once you actually dive into it, I I actually bring that over to the long-term rental side. Whether I'm looking at multifamily properties, looking at just long-term rentals, or even a fix and flip, I choose a specific guest avatar. And that's who I know is going to be buying the property. So I tailor it to their specific needs. That way I can get more money out of it. There you go. 100%. I did want to bring up though, you said you were talking about harsh winters earlier, going to and from the hospital. You're you're in Vancouver Island. When do you get harsh winters? Dude, I travel for work, right? So I was like, I just live here and then I'd go. But at the same time, that's where the needs are because people don't want to live there. So there's a, you know, my business is stable. <laughs> I've been to Nunavut and the Arctic minus 60. Can you imagine? But yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll give you that one then. Thanks. <laughs> and for anybody who does want to see some of Mark's trips to none of it, he's got some absolutely gorgeous photos. I, I know he did, chose not to be a photographer, but it's absolutely stunning. Some of the pictures Aww. that he's taken. So go check those out over on Facebook. So Mark, earlier in the podcast here, you said you were doing some creative deals in order to get that 32 unit you have up in Northern Alberta, seller financing, VTBs. What are those? Okay. Yes. So for you guys, this is advanced level Pokemon. When you're starting, this probably will be foreign, but you know, down the road, there is the saying you make money on the buy. So these are creative, and in real estate, let me emphasize this. You don't have financial problem. You have creativity problem. So one of the ways to acquire property is through creative financing. To give you an example, for the 32 unit multifamily that we purchased or we acquired a couple of months ago, we were able to work with a seller 
it's it's not just transactional, but you're also building relationship to the to the seller. Okay, hey seller, you want to sell this property for whatever reasons you are. Okay, we are interested buyer. How can we work together to close this deal? And you work. Is it either the price or the terms? If they're sticky in the price, then you work around it. If you are sticky in the terms, then you negotiate on that those terms. It's it's my it's not my cup of tea. My best, we are three in my best partner, and this is my plug to Jameson. If you guys are, and it's another course in the creative financing. But to give you a high level overview, we're able to the seller financing is the seller is kind of like the bank, so they're able to take some capital. It's good when it will save them from capital gains, and at the same time they have equity on the property. And then vendor take back is something. It's it's like it's kind of similar to seller financing, but a very technical of it, like I said, it's a very technical route to go there. And if you want to know more about it, I would refer you to creative financing strategies and to my business partner, Jameson, right there. And then negotiation. In the multifamily, when you're doing due diligence, I like about it is there are a couple of ways that you can lower the price, not in like a single family home that you just one time and then that's it. But when you're doing your due diligence, you found out, hey, the roof needs fixing or the HVAC needs, you know, and there's exterior damages based on the appraisal or the inspection report. You can use that to negotiate. Hey, seller, we would be using this to, to, to pay for the new roof, pay for the exterior. Then can we take that off the, you know, and then they can be logical. Like I said, when you build a relationship and you're logical, then they're more tend to like work with you on those. You can go the logical approach with the numbers and the appraisal, and you can do the emotional support. Like, okay, like really, we've come this far. Let's work together. How can we make this happen together? You like close the property, right? So that's that's creative financing, in a nutshell. In my very, like I said, this is not my cup of tea, but the way I understand it. Fair enough. VTBs, by the way, the vendor take back is a part of seller financing. Seller financing as a whole is a giant genre between portfolio lending, agreements for sale, vendor take back. There's a ton of things within that realm. If anybody does want to know about it, your your partner's name again was? Jameson. Jameson. Jameson yeah. And there's also Barry McGuire's course for anybody here in Alberta as well. He's the the guy to talk to about seller finance deals and just creative financing in general. He's actually so, the lawyer of that of that property so we, de- we dealt with barry <laughs> everyone in alberta is like oh you know you need a real estate lawyer then that's barry everyone barry. Yeah. yeah barry and i've started using richard bell here as well just because barry's so busy i absolutely love richard bell he actually got us an afs on a current deal that we're working on so i love richard bell as well yeah, oh very cool very cool now you have on top of this 32 unit you actually have some single family properties that you're renting out here. How do you finance single family properties that are short-term rentals? Okay. Yes. So one of the challenges in, in the short-term rental space, because it's new and lenders tend not to, they're not, that's not their favorite because A for one, it's new. And two, they're coming from the risk mitigation perspective. You know, if you have a, a conservative long-term rent, then you have the least it's guaranteed income. When you have a short-term rental, then it's not guaranteed. It's a projected income. So lenders tend not to not to finance your your property, which in the States, it's a thing. There are lenders that only finance short-term rental. It's SDR financing is a thing. We're not quite there yet, in a hope maybe, you know. So how I did it, so personally, before we merged into our company that we built last summer, I have portfolio myself. I have 10 Airbnbs. And how I did it is I qualified based on the long-term rent capability of it. 
And then once I acquired it, I rented as a short-term rental. Yeah. So for the qualification, usually, and I built, again, back in the relationship game is I built my relationship with my bank and they are, they know my, the ins and out, and they know that it kind of like the, this guy know what he's doing. So, hey, Mark. Okay, like, hey, bank, I want to to buy this property. And then because it's a rental, you have to put 20% down. So that will be a challenge when you're starting. But if you're starting in a market that's quite affordable, which I think that word is quite challenging now to use in the real estate space and affordability. But there's still people out, you know, there's still affordable market out there. So I, I, yeah, 20% down, my lender said, okay, if Mark will let, will rent this place, in a long-term rent, how much would it cost? And they take 80% of that long of the rental income and add it towards my qualification. Fortunately, I am in the healthcare business and it's kind of healthcare by healthcare background, the pandemic happened, we still get a job. So it's stable income. So in a way that helps me qualify. Yeah, but I think to start, once you you qualify for one and then for the long-term rent, because they will do it, that's the way they will qualify it. And then once you acquire the property, you can do whatever you want. And then if you want to boost the cash flow, then you can put short-term rental. So that's that's one way to do it. I think it's changing. Lenders are recognizing that this is a viable and alternative ways that real estate investors or people that are in this business are making money. So they they will need a two-year history of the the property that's on the refinancing side but when you're starting again like i said you qualify on a long-term capability long-term rent and if that qualifies if that makes sense if it's making sense in the long-term rent then the bank's like okay here you go you can do whatever you want after very cool so when you do the refinance after the two years are they just looking at like the net operating income or not quite yet still so they will not consider the airbnb income so they will still qualify you for their long-term rent, it, yeah. unfortunately. Although in the commercials, because you can also do commercials, you're doing an active business. So this is one thing that you can explore is if, once you have it in a corporation and running as a short-term rental business, it's in a zone as a, a short-term rental or as hotel. And yeah, it's like corporate corporation own the property and operate the property. There's a property management, an active business corporation. Here you go, bank. This is like legit a business. Then they they ten and two year history, consistent income. They're they're more more to qualify you. I haven't done that route because all my properties are still personal. I didn't know any better. I'm in the process of transferring my Pokemons into the corporation, which is not easy coming from BC because we have land transfer tax and capital gains, and I have to be strategic on doing it. Again, it's part of the game and having the who not how. Your lawyer, your accountant. And your mortgage or your financial investment advisor has to be in hand. And that is quite challenging. And that may be a topic for another day. <laughs> What's a land transfer tax? I know, right? Yeah. You're from Alberta. What is the land? Get out of here. Get out of here. You know? What is the, the land transfer tax in BC? Oh, Jim? let's say I have it here somewhere. Uh, let's say for one property, like can be 7,000 to 10,000. Okay. And then the yeah, the other condo that I have, the best Pokemon I have, it's twenty five thousand. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it's yeah, if you have like ten, yeah, it's like wow, yeah, it can be. Uh, yeah, tax, tax, tax. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I know in Ontario, it sounds like BC is just kind of like a flat tax. 
I don't know if I'm interpreting that correctly. I know in Ontario, though, that it is a percentage based off the cost of the property. Obviously, here in Alberta, even Saskatchewan, we don't have those, which is really nice. And actually has to do with our land survey system, which you guys are on a modified torrent system. We're on a pure okay. torrent system. That's a whole other thing. I do suggest people go check out. But it's completely based around the land survey system. Okay. For any of the developers out there. There you go. Is that part of the course that you're studying? Yes. And that okay. is... Okay, there you go. Here you go, guys. If you want to be geeking out and more about transfer tax, although they don't deal that as much in Alberta, reach out to Jeremy. Yes, because nothing's more exciting than talking about land transfer taxes and land systems. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact, the torrent system actually came originally from Australia. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Canada adopted it? Yes. Back okay. then, we were still part of the British Commonwealth and they decided that Australia was this mass piece of land and they needed to, in order to figure out a way to break it all up, they were using what they called the meets and bounds system before that. And that was just getting way too chaotic. So they switched over to this and the British parliament said, Hey, we like that. We're going to put that over in Canada. And away we went. There we go. Yeah. In so, fact, the more you know, you know, show. <laughs> if, if you're in Southern Ontario, you're still using the meets and bounds system. And I, I, I'm sorry to hear that. You've mentioned boutique hotels here earlier in the podcast. What is that? Okay. So what, like I, I mentioned regulations is a challenge in, or I think I did mention a previous podcast. Regulation is a challenge in the short-term rental space. One of the major challenges, actually, most cities don't like it. I feel like also hotels are behind it. Just the, it's a threat to their to their industry. So one way to be, like I said, you have to be creative in real estate is to do a multifamily short-term rental, and boutique hotel is one of it. So boutique hotels are zoned as hotels, so you are you are classified as density on the zoning side, so less regulation for you. Because also it's like also. When you are purchasing a multifamily, you are an investor. You know, multifamilies are for investors. They are not taking away from the affordability and housing crisis. At the same time, less competition. And then for savvy investors out there, when you're in a multifamily, it's not your credit history. It's not your personal qualification. It's the capability of the building. That make, that's why I love the multifamily space. Yeah. So Multicoto is one of it. It's a new concept in Canada. I haven't seen much. But it's a it's a thing in the U.S. So what it's like a bigger, I would say maybe ten to fifteen up to like twenty mini multis, but can generate a certain. It's like a you can theme it the way you want it. If you want it like premium or luxury one, ah sorry. Or for example, my my coach created this hotel in Orlando because it's near Disney. So he themed it with like kids with like, there's a Mario room, there's an Elsa Frozen room, there's Avengers room with like bunk beds because like people will go to Disney for that. So that's his guest avatar. So it's at 11 bedrooms, 11 bathrooms, a multi-hotel with swimming pool and it's a thousand a night. So it makes like 30 to 50K on a monthly basis. And that's revenue because there's also dynamic pricing. So it can be a great cash flowing strategy. You are regulated as and zoned as a hotel. So you're okay with it. You have the license to operate. So, and it really makes great money. So yeah, based on the market you're in and targeting the guest avatar you're in. Quickly, what is dynamic pricing? Oh yeah, right. Okay. So dynamic pricing is the power of short-term rental. So in the long-term rent, 
whatever your rent for a month, that's fixed. So dynamic pricing is the same as, or dynamic revenue is the same as used by hotels and airline. You know, let's say flying, flying during summer and Christmas, why are the prices so expensive? Flying over at spring break, prices of, you know, let's say Calgary to Vancouver an hour or Edmonton to Vancouver, usually you can get it for 150, 200. But when it's spring break or something's happening, why is it $500 a net? And people will say pay it. So that's dynamic based on the demand. That is very same thing in similar use in the short-term rental space or Airbnb, as you call it. The more people search or look at the property, the more they up the price. So a typical one-bedroom or two-bedroom that is 200 a night can go up to 500 or 600 a night and still getting booked. And people will pay that. Again, with the analogy of like flying over, let's say airline, some people will pay for economy. Some people will pay for premium economy. And some people will pay business. 100%. And actually on our short-term rental, we've used that to our advantage. Jordan Peterson is coming May 24th. Whether you like him or dislike him, I'm not one to judge. But we did increase our rate for the Airbnb the minute after we found out that it was coming. And it got booked that same night. So we increased it rather dramatically. And by when I say we, I mean the gentleman who's actually running the Airbnb. He increased it dramatically and it got booked within the hour, which is absolutely insane. So Yeah. And if people want to know more about it, again, in the technology space, in technologically driven industry, there are, there are companies or software out there that I'd love to bring on as a guest speaker to promote their product in the community I've been, I'm, I'm building. Uh, and they are studying that trend. They're studying like, hey, all the, because these data are all available, you know, like all the flights are booked going into your market. Oh, all, all the car rentals are getting booked. Something must be going in in town. Why are people, you know, and you didn't know that, but then they will up the price and it's all automated. So you don't know. So you're not leaving money on the table. Absolutely. What kind of companies are you, are you using in order to, tra- I guess, track some of that information? Yeah, so there is this price labs. There's also wheelhouse and beyond pricing. They're they're very statistically driven and trends. So yeah, right now I, I use price lab. They're okay with that, but I don't. Each has its pros and cons. So that's why I want to bring them over, and then for you guys to like see because which one works for you. It's one way work for you, one way work for the other. Yeah, so it's just like okay, here are your options, and because otherwise you're gonna do it manually. You're gonna go into your computer maybe every hour to adjust your price every day tonight, you know, and that can be time consuming. Some people like it. They want more control, but if you want to scale as an investor, you know, it's more freedom of your time and there are technologies out there that are readily available for you. Would you have a way to use like a virtual assistant to do that? Or They can as it... well. Yeah, yeah, they can. Although that's another, they're WV focus on that instead of doing other things for because at the same time, when you're automating it, it's prone to error, right? Like a booking of like usually that boutique hotel of usually a thousand a night and one error without the zero can be a hundred a night. That can be a lot, right? So that in case that in that example, that's then the just it's it you can justify a virtual assistant, a human, because in as much as it is efficient, it's still not error pull proof proof. Pull proof. Yeah. Yeah. So there's space to it. Again, it's coming into like knowledge on how you operate your business, what are the technology out there, and you're putting your strategy and how you want to proceed with your business. What kind of technology are you using in your business currently? I do have Price Labs. I built a great connect, a 
and then their their user interface is great. I like that they market, they do like, hey, based on the, your market, in six weeks, there would be a boost in your system and they automatically adjust it. They, they have data available from OTAs or online travel agency, Airbnb, Verbo, like the around your industry and your comparables based on like, are you offering a one bedroom, a two bedroom? You have to be up in the 90, because they do 98th percentile, 75th percentile and 50th percentile. So you want to be around that and it's still getting booked. And then you will choose between, do you want to be more book higher occupancy, but they will lower your price or you can keep your prices, but not less occupancy. So which one is, you know, like, I guess that's your dangling for me. I, most of my guests are repeated. So I tend not to play around with the price because like I said, this is where your beauty of repeated guests. 100%. And I've heard this wonderful company called house STR. Yes. Do you know much about them? House the SDR, yes. So these are my buddy of mine, Nick. He he founded this company. He wanted to be part of my, hey, Mark, when am I be in your webinar? I really wanted to, because he's a real estate, I think he's a real estate agent and is fascinated with the story of Pokemon. So he connected with me. We 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 connected via social media and said, hey, Mark, I have this company that I think the short-term rental space will, will benefit from. But at the same time, I want to learn how you do your Pokemon. It's like, okay, let's let's talk. Let's hop on a call. So House SDR is uh, it's like a digital store. That's why it's S house store, you know? So when people stay in your Airbnb, sometimes they are fascinated with your with your couch, with your frame, with your TV. Like, hey Mark, this is a really great stuff. Where did you where did you buy your linen? Where did you buy your your coffee machine? Things like that, right? So what they do is they create like a QR code when the when the guests scan that they go into like an Amazon or a digital store and then you get 10 or 15% off the sale cuz it's like an affiliate marketing which I think is a very another passive way to add income to your property you're not doing anything at the same time yeah for them it's it's convenient it will be delivered to their door or whatever they want to so it's like coming back going back to the Amazon analogy it's convenient it's how people do things now yeah it's like, okay, I like this. I want to buy this. And it directs you to like to where they purchase it. But at the same time, you get a code where you get a commission out of it. It's it's great. I think I will have him by March or April. So if you guys are listening to this, yeah, watch out. His name is Nick. He will be in one of my podcasts or webinars. So what you're telling me is those Airbnb hosts that go way over the top and make absolutely gorgeous houses can now actually make money on the back end too. Right? Oh, totally. Yeah. I actually went to, when I was furnishing one of my properties, I went to the lamp store and a designer like, hey, what do you guys think of staging my Airbnb? In return, you can have QR code and it's like a, a studio or, you you know, the, the, man, the store manager loved it, loved the idea. She said, I just can't grasp the concept of it. I, I understand it, but it's not a thing yet. So again, it's new, but in the States, man, it's, it's a thing. People, and it's the one that being used by realtor to stage a property, right? So like, okay, you know, bring that over and then we'll, and then once, uh, if you don't want to do it anymore, it's like, okay, return, return the furniture, things like that, or put it in the marketplace. But yeah, I, I'm looking forward for it to this year to have that as a thing, you know? That's incredible. And I really hope somebody takes that business idea and just runs with it. You could be, even just be breaking even from the short-term rental space and making be making so much money on the back end that that becomes your entire business model, just using Airbnb as a marketing tool. Yeah, that's, totally. That's Agreed. incredible. 
photographers out there, you know, if you want your canvas or your portraits to be displayed, talk to the Airbnb people. You know, you're helping them because you beautify the place. At the same time, it's a display. It's like a studio. You know, it's a museum for them. Like, hey, and then put the QR code. If you like what you see, scan this QR code. We'll get you 15% discount, things like that, because you've seen it. And you because you're staying in this Airbnb property, you get 15% discount out of the sale. And even you can take this home with you. That is awesome. Yeah. So we've talked about the Airbnbs already. I think you mentioned VRBO. Is there any other short-term rental options that people should be considering? Yes. Yeah. There are the industry standard is 17 platforms. The more you can list it out there, the more people will be rich again in the marketing sphere. The more people know about your product, the better. So we call it OTA or online travel agencies. Airbnb and Verbo are the most prominent one in North America. Apparently in Europe, they're not as popular. There's Agoda.com, there's Booking.com, there's Expedia.com and all out there. But, you know, I know, like I said, it's a very competitive industry. Google will soon be, will be releasing their own platform. Google Travel is another. Flights that Google.com, like Google wants everything to be just stored in Google. The more people stay in, like, it's like a one-stop shop. You know, when you're, and now it's a verb, like Google it, right? Like Google is a verb now. And then you go to Google, how to, how to set up a certain things, or how do I clean my apartment or how do I unlock the thing, right? So before you will go to, it will populate a result and then it click a link and then you go outside Google. But now they make it easier by putting the video out there or if you key in a certain keyword, then there would be an extraction of an article that you don't have to go outside the Google and then you just read it from there and you get your answer. So that's the power of search engine optimization and then Google Analytics and then it's it's how Google is controlling. So watch out for that. And soon they will be their own OTA or their own platform. People will just book through Google. And they're going to be able to tell if you're looking for something in that area, whether it's hotels or whatever the case is, they can actually push you towards hopefully your short-term rental. Yes. And yeah, Google reviews is one of them. So the more like people in the industry that I attended, like back in the short-term rental conference, people will pay $1,000 for one Google review. And that's how powerful Google review will be. And you cannot remove it. In Airbnb, you can remove your, your listings or your review if you have a retaliatory guest, but Google review is not. And usually when you Google a place, the, the more review you have, the more you will be bumped up. And, you, and your goal is to be on the first page or even top three. Very cool, very cool. And yeah. here I've been a fool just giving out reviews for places that I've been to for free. And I didn't know I could get paid for them. Yeah, see what like your dent, dental office or doctors, like, hey, if you put it a Google review, you get a $5 gift card. But yeah, so that's like, I think that's a modern Yelp, 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 Yelp. You know? Is Yelp still a company? It, it is still, it's, it's even in US. I know, not much in Canada, but in US, yes. Very cool. I can't believe I've been giving away those free, free reviews though. Such a waste. Sounds good. Mark, I think we're just about at the end of our show here though. Is there anything else you wanted to go over? No, I think that's so much. I think we've done so much. I, I, I hope the listeners find so much value. We enjoyed this podca- uh, podcast way better than before. Oh my God. <laughs> but I was so scared. Yeah, fun fact, Jeremy is the first person that I become I, the podcast guest. And I was so scared back in that day. Like Part of me, I was like, okay, excited. But at the same time, I've never done it before. But part of me is like, okay, this is me growing up. I hope people find value to it. 
for me, if you, yeah, I'm a, I'm an open book. I'm all, always in social media. If you guys want to reach out, want to be part of the community, if you want to know more or just chat, connect with me, you know, I'm passionate about this. If you want to be a Pokemon trainer, learn about Pokemon and short-term rental, I'm your guy. I'm always happy to chat. What's your Facebook group called again? Just for the oh, listeners yeah. to find you after. Okay. So it's called Canadian SDR, MTR, or midterm rentals, and then corporate corporate rental community. And then you can find me on Facebook, Mark Hernandez. My picture is Pokemon shirt with a champagne traveling on first class, because that's me in a nutshell. Credit card game is another. And then my my cover page is my real estate Pokemon game, and I'm your Pokemon trainer. It, it's not hard, you know, to, to find me. So that's me. You've done some absolutely incredible growth since we last had you on here. And I'm going to take a little bit of credit saying, breaking, <laughs> helping you break out of your shell. Honestly, though, you've done absolutely so much. It's absolutely incredible. And I hope to catch up to you, by the way, just with the amount of things that you've done over the last couple months. It's absolutely ridiculous. Mark, congrat- first of all, congratulations. And thank you for sharing your experiences. Thanks, Jeremy. And yeah, looking forward to it. You level up. And and yes, I'm looking forward to it. Well, Mark, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Thank you.